welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 198, for Saturday the 25th of April 2020. Coming up this week, Eureka! I'm finally making some half-decent sales from Amazon ads. My box set sales have far exceeded last month's totals, and I'm on target for a second record sales month. And non-fiction book number three is well underway. I've written up to the end of chapter five today. Welcome to this week's podcast diary. I've been busy this week working on the five-figure fiction formula, which takes some saying. Got to make sure you don't make a slip of the tongue just there. And I wrote every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. So I've just about an hour ago finished writing today. I'm finding this new routine is working very well for me now. This kind of lockdown routine where I go for a run in the morning. I write somewhere in between about 11 and 2, usually something like that. Depends on the day. Get something done in the afternoon. Scrabble with my mum and then working in the evening. And I'm, I'm being extremely productive but it is a much more relaxed, going with my natural rhythms kind of routine. And I'm not writing to a word count either at the moment, because it's non-fiction. I'm simply writing a chapter a day, and the chapter is as long as it needs to be, or doesn't need to be. So I think roughly, roughly, I'm probably writing about two, two and a half thousand words a day. So nowhere near the 5,000 that I would have done. But uh, that's roughly what my chapters are when I'm writing my non-fiction. So I think the first book, the podcast book, was around about 50,000 words. And I think the last book that's off for proofreading at the moment was about 30,000 words. This one, I suspect, will be probably about 40,000 words or thereabouts. It really just depends. But it's going very well. I'm enjoying it. It's um, I think I think it's useful. I'm just going to pack it with absolutely everything that I know. And then in the last chapter... I'm literally going to give that five-figure fiction formula and say, you know, these are all the points, all the things that I've said in the book. These are all the things I use and how I do it. And I'm literally going to give the formula, which is do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And that's what I did. So I am actually going to put the formula right at the end of the book where I just bring all those nuts and bolts together and say, this is the particular set of nuts and bolts I used to achieve those numbers. And then, you know, clearly not everything works for everybody. Things work for people in different ways, but at least it's been completely open about what was done, um, you know, to achieve those numbers. So, um, you know, it feels good to be writing that. I will be writing on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, next week. And I think it looks to me, I keep adding extra chapters. So I think draft one will be done on the 6th of May, Wednesday, 6th of May, I think. Uh, you know, I might need to bump it over for a couple of days after that. It really just depends how much the thing expands. But I want it to be completely comprehensive. I want absolutely everything to be in there, everything I've learned. So it really is a, a coming together, a summary of the work that I've done to date and a moving on point, a jumping off point, if you want, as well. So that's the writing this week. I have to say, by the way, that um, I'm not actually working on the Shadow Falls trilogy. Um, I think I've started to put it into the planning sheet now. So I have myself planning it the 18th of May. 
but actually I'll probably start to plan it from the 11th of May. So basically I want to get this five-figure figure fiction formula written first, and then I will start to think in a, in a more methodical and structured way about the next two Shadow Falls trilogy books. But it's interesting that as I've, I have begun to think about it and think of scenes, and I came up the other day with just a great scene, and it's, it's either going to be the end of book two and three. It might, it might be so good, actually. It might have to be the last part of the trilogy. But um, I was really pleased with the last scene in the final book of the Walker Bay trilogy. It's like really, it's just really exciting. It's ridiculous. You know, it's one of these ridiculous scenes. Um, I won't, I, there's no point me telling you how they get there, but they're, you know, that this mother is climbing up this ridiculous, um, what do they call it? These containers that you get at, at docks and somebody's got her daughter up the top there in some ridiculous, precarious situation. She has to climb up the ladders to go up one of these things. And so, you know, it just creates great dramatic tension. And, um, and I've thought of the same thing for Shadow Falls trilogy. I've just thought of just a brilliant scene and how I can set it up and draw it out over three chapters to increase the tension. So either book two or book three will finish with that. And I also today, I can't remember what was I, I must've been drinking tea. It's usually where my best ideas come, but I also came up with, um, uh, just a movement in the book, a twist. Um, when you write a trilogy or when I write a trilogy, you 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 generally have a cull of characters in between books, people who've died or, or you know whatever, gone to jail or whatever. And I just had a, a bit of inspiration this morning about something that would happen in the book that brings a new character in who I could build in the background in book two, and he could or he or she could become a huge problem by book three. Uh, so I, you know, although I'm not specifically working on those fiction books at the moment, my mind is beginning to chug now, and I would say I, I'm kind of ready for fiction again. I had a lovely email from somebody today who'd, who'd bought the box set and they've just finished writing the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, and interestingly, um, she'd been reading the author notes, and in book two, in the murder place, there's a scene there where the protagonists go to chat to three ladies, old ladies who are arranging the flowers in a Blackpool church. And uh, it, it I, you know, I say sometimes I write kind of comedy scenes. It, it's supposed to be a funny, it is a funny scene, but it's not, you know, it's not written as a funny scene. It, it, you should laugh at it, I think. It's not, but it's not written as a comedy scene. And this lady just written to say how much that scene had made a laugh in the book. And I must have, put, I've forgotten this, but I must have put a comment in the author note saying that that was the scene that my wife told me to, to, to curtail because the original one was far more excessive than that. And this lady had written to me, so I loved that scene. I'd love to know what the full scene was like. So I thought, well, I, you can find out. I'll just nip into the Scrivener file. And I'll just cut and paste it for you. So I've sent this lady the full scene and said, look, that's the first draft. That hasn't even been edited. Um, but you'll see, you see why my wife advised me not to do it. But I was reading it this morning, laughing my head off, and it's still, you know, f four years after. And it's, uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll see what she says, uh, whether she says, oh, your, your wife was right, you know, you, you should have edited it, or whether she, she says you should have left the original scene in. But it was still making me laugh this morning. I was just chuckling away in here. So, um, you know, it has stood the test of time. But I, I do recognise it was a little bit excessive, but it did make me laugh. Um, okay, so that's that's the writing, but I suspect I'm going to have a load of ideas by the time I have to formally sit down and start planning the Shadow Falls trilogy books two and three. You know, I have a feeling my my mind chugging away in the background would have come up with some nice scenes for that. So I've got two really good scenes already, 
and I've got a little post-it note on my board in front of me where I just keep jotting notes down where I'm having ideas about it. So I hope that book will start to form itself. I'm pleased that I took a step aside, though, from fiction. This is why I love writing in different genres, because it means I can be productive. You know, so I'll have written in between the last fiction book and the next fiction book, I'll have written three non-fictions. So I've been incredibly productive, but it's using a different part of my brain in the meantime. So it gives me a break, uh, even though I'm still being productive, but it means I come back ready to write thrillers again. I'm all ready to go again. And that's how I feel at the moment. I was getting quite excited about doing more more Bays as well. So I, I'm sort of back in the fiction zone, um, or I'm almost back in the fiction zone, I should say. So in general news this week, then, I submitted the grid one to BookBub again on Saturday, I think it was. It took a while to get a response this, this week, actually. It was about five or six days, probably five. Yeah, six days, maybe, I think it was, to get a response this time. Five days. No, it's five days. Um, and they said no. So no BookBub promo for the grid one. So um, I've had a lot of knockbacks on those recently. And I was thinking controversially, you know, BookBub's become another gatekeeper, really, hasn't it? In that we all, we're all desperately trying to get BookBubs. I was just listening to the Six Figure Authors last night and the lady there was saying, well, I keep submitting for a BookBub. And I think the, the, the interview the week before was somebody saying, well, my assistant just keeps submitting for a book bub no it was Rachel on the right as well was saying it you know her assistant just keeps um, submitting for for book bub promos and eventually gets them and it's funny how we've ended up with a load of gatekeepers in in self-publishing you know because uh, you know I can have a really good month on a book bub but if book bub don't accept me then I won't have a good month that month and it just got me thinking you know how healthy is this where we we all become reliant as authors on you know, book bubs and, and these promos that work really well for us. I've already said to you about my vulnerabilities being reliant on Facebook for this current promotion that's working very well. It just doesn't feel like a good thing to me. And I, I've i tried to go wide with my books and philosophically, it's like philosophically, I know I should be a vegan, but day to day, I like eating bacon too much. You, you know, it's and it's the same with going wide. Philosophically, I know I should go wide. Absolutely, I should go wide. But the reality is I rely on BookBub and I rely on Amazon. And I rely on Facebook because I'm not going to make any money otherwise. So it, uh, just a little bit of uh, thoughts on my part at the moment. I think, you know, I'd like to see this is solvable. But I think across the board, I'd like to see sort of more transparency in the process. So if I've got a gripe with Facebook, it's very easily solvable. It's that if they do have a problem with my account or you know, an alleged problem, um, that rather than just sending me a note that says, that's it, you're done for, we're, we're blocking your account, that somebody takes the time and trouble to reach out and to specifically explain what the problem is, and then to give me some recourse to say, to explain it and to put context in it and to determine actually whether you're a crook or whether you've just made a mistake or whether actually they're mistaken. And that's how I feel about BookBub, that there should be transparency there, that when they're knocking your book back, they shouldn't just knock it back. They should say why they knocked it back. You know, that we've got too many of that dystopian type. We don't feel like the cover's enough. The, the reviews aren't strong enough. You know, because we're so reliant on them, just just batting us back and, and, you know, bruised and wounded doesn't feel like it's enough at the moment. It feels like they've got too, too much power to do that. You know, with that power, I think, comes responsibility. I also think that they need to demonstrate some impartiality and consistency of policy, too. 
with those. So this is just a line of thinking I've been having this week. You know, clearly we rely on them. Clearly they offer a brilliant service. But I do think that with that reliance that we all have on them, which, you know, frankly, it's a make or break alliance. If they reject you for a book bub, that might mean you don't have any decent income for a while. You know, it's a, there's a lot of power there. And I'd just like to see a little bit more transparency. I'd like to see some different systems, I think, you know, in the in the interests of sort of fairness, I think, basically, and impartiality, as I say. So there you go. It's just a little bit of thought uh, from Teague this week. I think I've peaked too soon. So let's give you some uh, numbers then from the promo. I'm sure this is what you're all hanging on for to hear. It's uh, it's five past two on Friday 24th of April as I'm recording this. And I, I just got these numbers just before I started recording. So um, this week, 24 days of, of April, um, and, and these are only figures for the box set. I have excluded all my other sales and page reads on this. This is only for the box set. It's one product that I'm giving you these details for. So there is extra income. There are extra page reads. There are extra sales, but I'm only giving it to you for the box set. So my page reads on the box set in April have been, wait for it, 2,808,166. Those are my page reads. I've made 9,348 sales of that box set. My gross income, and I've used the last month's rate for reads, so I haven't used the one that assumes a decrease or the one that assumes an increase. I've gone in the middle for the last month's rate. Um, so it's 12,000 five hundred and forty eight pounds eighty four pence gross income that's fifteen thousand four hundred and ninety two dollars forty cents and fourteen thousand three hundred and seventy five euros I was trying to think what is it thirty is it thirty nine cents I was trying to think what are the what are the pennies what are the bits in euros is it cents I've had like mental blank with that anyhow one fourteen thousand three hundred and seventy five point three nine euros so those are the gross numbers my Facebook ad spend this month has just on that book has been five thousand five hundred and six pounds and four pence. So my profit this month for the first twenty four point five days of April, because we're halfway through the day at the moment, is six thousand nine hundred and forty two pounds and eighty pence. So I'm on target this month for a net profit, it's a profit of eight to nine thousand pounds after all ad costs have been taken into account. So you know, that's that's quite nice, isn't it? It's another uh, good month. Um, so far, touch wood, Facebook haven't done anything. They haven't locked me or blocked me or raised any queries on the account again. So hopefully we'll get to the end of April and off we'll go. Now, th obviously those numbers I had, I can't remember what day it was. It, I, it was quite early in April that I'd exceeded the figures that I'd knocked up last month. So it's going better than it was last month, interestingly. And I have set that ad spend sweet spot. Now, this was very interesting because I worked through Mark Dawson's Facebook ads training. So I, I, I learned all these tricks the first time. So I bought Mark Dawson's Facebook ads training, worked through it, went through it with a fine tooth comb, learned all of these tricks the first time round. And what I knew that I was overdue was to go through the updated training. Now, I didn't go through the full training. All I did was the ninja tips and the tricks. That's that's the bits that I went for because I know how to set up the ads now. And I, I just looked at the trips, that, you know, the, the tips and the, the things that he can tell you to help. And um, one of the tips that I got there was that, and this is very interesting, and I'm sure I heard it on another podcast this week too, saying that 
it doesn't necessarily follow and I always thought this did and I was wrong in that I I thought that you know if if you put 50 pounds in a day you make 100 pounds that if then if you put like 100 pounds in a day you'll automatically make twice that and and Mark and whoever else it was confirmed that that isn't the case so just ramping up how much you spend every day doesn't ramp up the profit necessarily proportionately. And I've definitely found this because I was spending up to about £450 a day on those Facebook ads. I've found that my sweet spot is a maximum of £125 per day in the USA and £125 per day in the UK. And very roughly speaking, as I said to you last week, roughly speaking, because it goes up a little bit, goes down a little bit, uh, depending on the day of the week. Very roughly speaking, I'm spending £250 a day and I'm bringing in 525 to £550 a day. Very, very roughly speaking, that's that's how the money's going. Um, so clearly we're into May next week. I haven't got a clue whether it will continue I haven't got a clue how long I'll be able to squeeze out of this. Uh, I do keep bumping up the audience every now and then. I mean, I don't know how Mark Dawson's managed to do it, because if you think how long he's been thrashing Facebook ads, and I'm thinking, well, you know, people are going to start to get tired of seeing this ad at some point, I assume. Um, there's no no physical indication of it yet. If people see the ad a second time, most of the time they're, it's reminding them that they're reading the books. And most of the time they just put a lovely comment and say how much they're reading the books. Those lovely comments have just continued this week. I can't believe, I honestly can't believe what I'm getting on Facebook. I wish I could get it in, in reviews. And I wish all those comments would come through in reviews. I have got, I think, about 40 reviews on the book now. Uh, and, and and it's looking, it's, it looks about three, it's about 4.5 stars and above, you know, so it looks like it's almost five stars um, on over 40 reviews. That's in the UK. It's slightly less in the US um, I, because... I, th- I think I always get reviewed slightly lower in the US, possibly because of my use of English language. Uh, you know, sometimes Americans just don't get your terminology and they are quite, they're very, they're very English books, those, which is why when I wrote Now You See Her, I was keen to write an Americanized book. Um, my, my thrillers are generally quite English books. So I, you know, I could understand if our US audience, um, sometimes struggle with the language or the phrases that I use, though I am trying to be more, um, you know, internationally sensitive to that stuff as I write. So yeah, it's going on well. I don't know how long it's going to last for. I'm just going to keep making hay while the sun shines, of course, and I will breathe a huge sigh of relief when the first of the big payments comes in, which is not this month, it's the end of uh, next month. That That's going to be a pivotal moment for me, you know, when I, because I got that fear that I'm not going to get paid somehow because it's so much money. So, you know, let's wait and see if that comes in on time. I did, as I said, I was going to do on last week's diary, which is that I have ordered different uh, book cover combinations for my seven pack of sci-fi books. I'm trying to replicate this with sci-fi. Did a couple of small tests, but to be honest with you, at the moment, I just wanted to get to the end of April and because I've got an ad that's working and, and frankly, just bring in as much cash as I can in April, as much profit as I can in April. And then I thought, right, in May, I'll start to spend a little bit of that profit on trying to get my uh, podcast and my nonfiction book selling and trying to get the um, sci-fi box set selling. I have sold the sci-fi box set, um, but nowhere near in the kind of numbers that I have been doing in the thrillers. And so I, I got these different cover combinations done. I went to my designer on Fiverr 
and said uh, on one of them put the phase six image first on the other put the secret bunker one first and on the other put the grid first and I'll put those um, permutations on this week's show notes for episode 198 so you can take a look at what I've got done but really this is just a split test to see if there's anyone cover there that that converts people better and I did run a few ads on it and then I thought no I'm going to hang on a bit I just really I want you know all the cash going out I want to be on the 12 pack of thrillers and I just want to ramp, ramp up as much income as I can this month and then I'll start to 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 siphon a little bit of that expect that that profit off to start getting the other ads going um because the thing is is when you start facebook ads you generally run at a loss at first you know you have to experiment a bit to get them going and and I don't I don't want to be burning money at the moment I just want to make as much as I can um because obviously that that makes me sort of stronger gives me more resilience for future months so I've just I have got those ads all set up uh, but I'll run them from May I think and uh, not not at the moment so uh, yeah, uh, I use a great uh, Fiverr coder, not coder, you know, designer, uh, and the guy's great. I don't know whether it's guy or gal actually. Uh, I always tip on Fiverr because I always want people to have a nice experience working with me, and the, the person always says, you know, thanks very much, very appreciative of it. So you know, we'll, you know, Fiverr's a great place to go for certain jobs. I'd never get brand new covers made on Fiverr, but I'm very happy. I get these box sets are great on Fiverr. This person does a great job of the box sets. And, um, you know, it's important to test, of course, because I found that the Don't Tell Meg cover is the one that converts best for me, which is fab. You know, we'll just keep going with it. Bit of shock news this week. Um, this, this may shock you. Um, but I, uh, this is actually a result of what's going on with the coronavirus at the moment in that I'm sure you, like me, have had time to think about things and uh, what you like doing in your life and what you don't like doing in your life and how you want things to go. And I've been thinking about that and I have decided to give up my corporate work, would you believe? Um, and just, I want to just write now. Uh, I'm just really enjoying writing every day, just a little bit every day rather than 5,000 words. I'm, I'm really enjoying my new routine and it feels like a more balanced routine to me. So before it was fits and starts, you know, I would write 5,000 words on a Thursday and a Friday and it was quite intense. And, you know, I'm really enjoying just writing two and a half, you know, 2,000, two and a half thousand words a day. Um, you know, not being under the cosh. It's very enjoyable. I feel fresh. Uh, it's giving me time. I'm getting a more balanced day because across the day I can do that writing and that makes me feel productive. I'm getting that done as early as I can in my day. I'm getting my runs done, which is relates to the healthy writer. I'm still getting loads of little marketing jobs done. All the little jobs are getting done as well. And it just feels like a really balanced life. I'm really enjoying it. And I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed, you know, having the, the kids home and my wife home. It's just been really, uh, you know, really nice at a domestic level. Um, and obviously, you know, horrible things are going on in the world outside. But I think a lot of us would have thought about how our lives are going and what we want to keep and what we want to get rid of. And, and actually what I decided is that... Um, that I don't want to do the corporate work anymore. That, you know, I, when I do the corporate work, uh, to be honest with you, it's the paperwork that drives me spare. Um, I have to do a lot of invoicing work and, and monitoring work because of the money that comes in from these. And I, I just fed up with it, fed up with doing all the paperwork around it. Um, not the teaching, but the, the paperwork element of it. And, um, you know, you could apply a little bit of Marie Kondo to this, looking at things in your life and say, well, does that bring me joy or does that not bring me joy? And I was doing the paperwork saying, you know, this paperwork does not bring me joy. And um, so, and obviously because I've had some good months now, which give me a lot of security for a long time with the books, 
I just thought, you know, I, I, you know, I don't need to do that now. It used to pay for covers and edits that work, and 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 I don't need it for that now. And it's not sparking joy in me in a Marie Kondo kind of way. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to end that contract. I think I'm going to finish off who I'm working with. So my last invoice date is going to be the fifteenth of May, and then I am going to move on to this new um, sort of writing regime because at the moment when I start writing fiction again shallow falls and and i'm not i don't start writing my first writing day is the first of june at the moment um my plan now is rather than writing having 5k writing days and i might have a 5k writing day on a day when it suits me but my plan is going to be to write 1700 words a day which is about it's an hour's writing for me and to just try and get an ongoing writing habit the 5000 word days were forced upon me by a combination of having to do a day job, um, you know, the days that my my wife was working and having necessarily to squeeze that into a small amount of time. But in actual fact, I, I've just learned really, it, the this virus and lockdown has just come at a really interesting time. Because if you think about it, literally I stopped my office work, I've inverted commas, retired, and then the lockdown came. And in many ways, it's it's fast-tracked me to working out how this new life is good to go. And, and I actually quite like it. I like, I like the rhythm of the day like this. You know, I like having written every day. It gives me more thinking time as well. And I can come back and I can correct the work, you know, look at the comments that people are making. It, it, it suited me fine. So I just decided to do that. And I sent the notification on Monday. Uh, they're just it's just contract work um and you know the contracts can go on for two to three years but i've just decided that um i don't want to do it anymore uh, it, it it was it's disrupting my writing time too much and i i want to write now and and you know now i've proven to myself that i can write and sell at scale and i know this might not continue forever uh but 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 what's what has worked here uh, and it came a little bit later than i anticipated what's worked is writing lots of books and of course, the the failed rapid release experiment was what pushed me to write loads of books last year, another five thrillers. And it's as a consequence of that failed project that I had the books to put into the box set. And what's working for me is writing thrillers and selling thrillers. That's what's working. Um, so I want to do more of that uh, on an ongoing basis. So I'm just sort of clearing the decks for that. Uh, really, and I, I'm able to. I'm only able to because I've had I've had these two amazing earnings months this year. You know, and it's, it sort of sets me up for. I mean, I'm 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 now projecting a lot of this money is just going to set out the way um, to create this extra monthly salary that I was talking about. I'm now looking next month at creating salaried income, which will just sort of sit sit out the way, waiting to be paid on a monthly basis into uh, well I, I already am into 2021 um but I, I think i've got that budgeted now to may 2021 and i'm now looking at pushing it through to the end of the tax year in 22 so because that money's sort of earned up front and budgeted um it gives me a lot of sort of security to say well there you go that's you know that's everything's taken care of um that money's in the pot i'm now going to put my money where my mouth is and become a full-time author and so being a full-time author that means I'm going to write every day I'm going to get that everyday writing habit which I've never had the time luxury in time to do and I'm also going to do the stuff that always gets set aside when I'm writing 
which is to to do the marketing, you know, to do the author platform stuff and things like that. And also um, to have some leisure time, you know, to have a bit of a break from time to time. So, you know, I'm I'm very happy with that. And that's I've got a, that's where I'm nailing my colours to the mast. Is that the phrase? That's what I'm going to do next with, with the writing. So um, I've got a big flurry of sort of corporate work coming in. They've put me in. They're just trying to squeeze the last out of me. So I've got a couple of webinars coming up before May 15th, corporate webinars. And uh, I'm finishing off the clients that I'm currently commissioned with. I just make sure they're all finished and concluded. And then that last invoice will go in on the 15th of May. Now, I may, the these these are on contracts. Um, I, have, I have many different contracts. And the con- the contracts that are funded by European money and we're going to continue to be funded in that way. Those are the ones that need the paperwork. Those are the ones that drive me spare. They need paperwork for everything. And I'm not good at paperwork. It drives me spare. So those are the ones that I'm not going to do. I can still do um, just corporate training. And with corporate training, basically, they fill the room, find the venue. I roll up, do the training. We go 50-50 on the income. So I may well continue to do those, but it's the paperwork stuff that I'm not going to do. It's interesting. You know, it's funny. I can remember it clear as day. Terrible with paperwork. Terrible with pointless paperwork. Really, really bad. I've got a very low tolerance level for it. And um, I can remember what pushed me out of teaching into journalism. I could remember it clear. We're in our first house and I was in the little box room, which was my study then. And I was filling in pointless national curriculum paperwork because the national curriculum had just come in in my first year of teaching. And it was pointless, you know, completely pointless. It was just stuff that no one was ever going to read. No one was ever going to action. And at that point, I thought, right, I'm not doing this anymore. I've got to change this. And, and, and it's usually, you know, some pointless activity <laughs> that, that, that forces me to do that because I've such a low tolerance of it. Uh, it drives me spare doing pointless stuff. So, um, so it's done it again. <laughs> I haven't learned my lesson all these years on and paperwork still pushing me into, into making sort of radical decisions. So 15th of May, that's the day. Another, much less than a month, isn't it? It's about three weeks. So quite an intensive period of working with clients. And then, and then it'll just be writing after the 15th of May. I had a little, I, I go in fits and starts with my advertising because I, I set up a book bub ad. And started to to run it. This is on the box set, thinking oh, I ought to try this with BookBub, and then it burnt up twenty five dollars very quickly with very few results. And I thought oh, I got jittery and stopped it. And then I have actually bumped up my Amazon ads this week, and I always have Amazon ads running, but you know I don't, I don't spend any money on them. But uh, I've actually had a tiny little bit of sort of tiny little bit of success in, a, in an Amazon kind of way. I did make a little error with the Amazon ads in that I, I've got, I always do um, sponsored products, automatic targeting. Uh, those those seem to be the only ones that work for me. I have tried keywords and I've tried categories and all sorts, but I can't seem to make those work. Um, sponsored products, automatic targeting just seem to work and give me the right kind of ACOS. But um, I, I made an, an error in the US and the UK where I was advertising because I, I added to my box sets the 12-pack box set, which is, of course, only 99 cents. So I sold lots of box sets. But, of course, because they're only 99 cents, I, I, um, I, my ACOS was wrong. So I before I realized, I'd sold 13. So my Amazon ad costs were £28.09, but my sales on a 99p box set were 14.83. So... I could see instantly that I was going to sell a lot of them that way, but um, I couldn't afford to do it because I run. I was running at loss in terms of what it was costing me for the ads. So if there's a clever way of managing that, let, let me know. I mean, 
because I've got an upsell, I think I told you this two weeks ago, in the box set, um, there's one book that I that I haven't added in the box set. That's Now You See Her. And throughout the box set, I've got about three promos saying, want to carry on reading? This is the only book that's not in here. It's Now You See Her. And Now You See Her is at full price. Now, interestingly, Now You See Her is currently my number two bestseller after the box set because I've got buy-through. You know, people obviously, when they've enjoyed the 12 books, are happy to pay full price for now you see her just to get that last book that I've written. And so that is not my number two bestseller at the moment. So just to let you know that technique works as a, as a cross seller and upsell, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I would have to know my numbers better, you know, to know how many people bought the box set and subsequently went to buy now you see her to know whether I could afford to run that at a loss. And I don't know that yet. It's not, I haven't got enough, you know, sales or data to let me know that. So that's a bit of a shame, but. I do have a automatic box set promo at the moment, which is has sold 65 books, which I think is the most I've ever sold from a single ad. That's 65 books this month on an Amazon ad. So I thought I'd mention that to you. It's basically, I only put my thriller box sets in there. There's no single books in there. So it's thriller box sets, which you know cost obviously more money. So there's better rate of return on them. And um, again, you know, no one's going to lose any sleep over these numbers, but I spent £26.47 in, in Amazon ads. I made 65 orders. I've got 65 orders. And the sales on that are £53.57, which is an ACOS of 49.41%. So nothing to get excited about, but it's working. So if you've got box sets, I've put all my box sets in that sponsored automatic targeting. Um, and, and, it, and it's done that. But I've never seen 65 orders in a period of 24 days on Amazon. So I was quite surprised at that one. And in the States, I've got the same thing. It's, and it's still not doing brilliantly. So, you know, one ad doing reasonably well on Amazon. That's, that's what I've got to report. That's the best I've got to report at the moment, I'm afraid. With the BookBub ads, I had a couple of ads in the past that have had a 2.5% click-through rate, which I think is pretty good on a, on a BookBub ad. And I'd used the book brush images to create a nice promo for it. But like I said about the Facebook ads on the podcasting non-fiction book that I've done and the science fiction box set, I think I'm going to wait until May, take a nice little budget out, maybe take £500 out or something like that, and then have a write-off budget where I could just you know thrash some ads, don't be fretted about the money. And, and try and make them work and track them better. So I'm going to wait till May until I do that. But I, they're all there on pause. They're all done. The graphics are done. The ads are done. It's really just the um, the appetite for spending more on ads that I need to get now. And I think I'll do that in May. On Monday, the 27th of April, that's this coming Monday, the So Many Lies blog tour starts off. And this is my third blog tour now with Sarah Hardy. And I've really enjoyed these. I mean, I don't think they sell books for you, but but like everybody, I've struggled to get those early reviews on my books. Uh, it's a real struggle getting reviews. And to be fair, I don't really get them on when I do promos on Book Funnel. Um, you know, the, the giveaway books. You don't really get reviews. I've I don't really get reviews. And then other than that, you know, the other way I got reviews was just getting BookBub promos. You get so many people buying buying the book and getting it for free. You know, inevitably you get some reviews. So up until this point, until I discovered blog tours, that was my best strategy for getting reviews. 
But since I discovered blog tours and I took a leap of faith with those, they frankly are the best ways of getting reviews. Now, I don't know whether it works in your genre and you need to get somebody who's a good, as good at organising blog tours as Sarah Hardy is. Now, I don't think Sarah just does psychological thrillers. I think she does other genres too. You'd have to ask Sarah which genres she does. But I, 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 you know, I know Sarah through psychological thrillers and um, that's what she's promoting for me. But, you know, I've... I, I, the group of, of ladies, and it is so far exclusively ladies who, who do these tours, they quite clearly love their thrillers and they know them really well. They're very positive with the reviews. And what, what I hadn't realized when I did the first blog tour is not only do they write a blog post promoting your book, which gives you search engine juice, you know, your name, your author name, your book. It means that you've got backlink sites, uh, back, backlink, uh, back web links to, to you and to your name, which is good for you in terms of your real estate online. They also, I didn't get this at first, but they also transfer those reviews to Amazon. So what you get on a book, you know, is you get about 10, 15, maybe, um, you know, quality reviews. By by quality, I don't mean just a single sentence saying this was good. You know, you get a proper considered review about the plot. And, and to me, those are like gold dust. And I don't know any better way of getting those reviews than through a blog tour. So I recommend it to you for that purpose. Now, of course, when you do a blog tour, you always stand the risk of, <laughs> of them hating your book. So that is a risk you take. But I, I, I think, you know, I think they are supportive enough not to, you know, to trash your book. I think if they didn't like your book, they would find something positive to say about it. That's that's how I feel about blog tours and, and particularly the people that Sarah works with. Now, um, Sarah Hardy, who loves psychological thrillers anyway, happened to have read So Many Lies just for herself. And um, she'd, she'd reviewed it. She'd given it a five-star review. She really enjoyed it, which I'm pleased about. Hope, hopefully that means it'll get good reviews on the blog tour. Um, I, I really enjoyed the story. I, I, I think it's a good story, but you always think it's a good story, don't you? And... Um, so Sarah rated it five stars and her Goodreads review popped up in Twitter the other day and gave me a bit of a jolt because, oh, blimey, I thought the blog tour was next week. I wasn't, I wasn't braced for this because I do find it quite tense. You know, every time a review pops up in Twitter, I look at it with my eyes closed. You know, I open it with my eyes closed thinking, please be a good one, please be a good one. And, um, you know, you work through, is it 15 reviews over the course of a week? So it's quite, a t- I find it quite a tense week doing a blog tour. And by the time you get to Friday, you know, you, you, you get a sense of whether they like it or not, whether it's thumbs up or thumbs down, and you relax a little bit by the Friday. So hopefully that's a good sign that Sarah gave it a five star, really liked it. Um, I'll let you know how it went next Friday when I record the diary. And, um, just a bit of forward notification. This podcast uh, or these diaries will finish, as I've told you already, on episode 100, which is the fourth year anniversary of the podcast. That's going to be May the 9th. And then I think I'd probably been uncertain about whether you were going to get four or five concluding episodes. Um, it's going to be five episodes, and I've actually recorded and edited them already. So I've. this is what I was saying to you about being productive. You know, I've just, was it yesterday? Um, I think it was yesterday I did it. I recorded, you've got a two-hour final episode coming. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. So you might need to listen to it in installments. Um, uh, but So I, uh, you're going to get five episodes. You're going to get one um, on MailChimp. You're going to get one on BookFunnel, one on WordPress, one on MailerLite. So just my thoughts about, um, you know, the pros and cons, some of the features you might not know about, and then some of my kind of internet marketing thinking. It's a they're very marketing-oriented um, thinky talky pieces uh, coming up and then the last episode 
is called 50 Things I've Learned About Self-Publishing, you know, since starting the podcast. And 40 of those things are just a list of, of tips, thoughts, resources, really just where I am four years into the podcast. You know, this is, this is where I am. This is what I think. This is what I do. And then the last 10 points are literally that kind of five figure boot camp, five, the 10 things you've got to do, um, you know, to get to that five-figure month. And that will be the last from me in the self-publishing journeys format. That'll be the last one. So five extra episodes, um, no podcast diaries. The last podcast diary is going to be on the 9th of May. And then the last episode of the podcast is going to be on 13th of June, which is that bumper two-hour episode. And by that stage, you'll be just sick of the sight of me. (laughs) That's my plan. After giving you a two-hour, you'll have had enough. You'll be punch drunk by then. And that'll be the last one for self-publishing journeys. So that's it from me for now. I'll give you... What's the date next week? Oh, yes. So it's Friday the 1st when I record next week, which means I'll be able to give you a full month breakdown of that box set review. And that's going to be the last financial review you get of this promo now so i will give you a sort of month one month two of these box set reviews i'll let you know what the profit was the you know the the gross the net uh the advertising spends anything else i've learned in the meantime so i will summarize those two months for you next week and let you know what the final numbers were for um april and let you know whether i kind of hit that sort of eight to nine thousand pound profit month this month so That's coming up next Saturday. I hope wherever you are in the world, you are still safe and well and that you have a great week of writing. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.